Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Hear how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. Hey, Cheryl. How are you and what's going on with you? Oh, I'm doing well. I've had a good start to my day already. I'm very excited, Mark, because my two daughters are currently road tripping to bring one of my kids back from Colorado Springs um, to live in Chicago again. And so they're literally, I just got a text saying, we're in Iowa. So they've been driving overnight and are got a little... Uh, u-haul stuff that's there got behind them and they're heading home with my daughter and her two dogs so very exciting i think you had some children return home too yeah yeah that where our houses are filling up now it sounds like cheryl we we have just brought the two from college back home for the summer so the house is full again with three kids very exciting yeah. and yeah. i know amongst your three kids you have a special connection to our guests today so yeah, Cheryl, today um, I do have a special connection with our guest who will be Joshua Jung. And uh, he is uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Chinese Children Adoption International. Um, and my connection, uh, my wife and I have a, a special connection with him because their agency was integral in our third child who was adopted from, from China. And I'll tell just a little story. Um, Cheryl, have you ever had a moment that you look back and realize that moment changed my life. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was kind of a life-changing moment. Absolutely. Did that ever happen to you? Yeah. Absolutely. So we, uh, several years ago, back in the early 2000s, had a um, renovation done on our house. Of course, there's one of these things where we were just going to add windows and it turned into two stories and several rooms. And um, it, was a, it was a blessing in, in so many different ways. Um, and we got a, um, another bedroom out of it. And so at the time, we had two children. And I distinctly remember one evening, um, the kids had been put down to bed and uh, Emily was already up in bed and the house was quiet. And I was going upstairs to our bedroom and stopping at the mid-level where our kids were sleeping and probably just stopping and saying a quick prayer uh, over their rooms and pausing and realizing we've got a third room there that's empty. And um, hearing that still small voice, if you will, Mark, there's room in this house for one more. And it's, it just struck me. And uh, I went back up to bed and uh, that, that prompting stuck with me. And I realized over, we realized over the course of the next really few months and years that Emily was having a similar prompting. And both of us were getting a sense that uh, there was room in our family for another, but it didn't need to be a biological child. And so uh, one point in time we came together and realized you know what we think we can do this and uh we we would like to adapt and uh it it became um pretty quick to us that uh we would want to adopt from china and so um that sent us into a whole uh whirlwind of of decisions and and uh searching for the right agency and my coworker renata had adopted as well from china and she had used this agency that she thought was phenomenal called Chinese Children International. 
And um, so it didn't take us too long to realize that would be a great agency for us to use. And before we knew it, we, our home study was done. We had been matched with a child and uh, um, we were in China. And it was uh, really something that moved uh, fairly quickly for us. We were adopting a special needs child. And so in those days, you could wait for a long time for, for an, uh, a child, but um, it went pretty fast for us. And we were blessed with, with a two-year-old um, who is now uh, a 12-year-old snarky teen who thinks she owns the house, uh, but we love her deeply and she's, she's one of us. That's cool. She's going to, now with the other two kids back, she's probably going to relearn her place. <laughs> and it's, she doesn't yeah. rule the house anymore. Right, uh, right. We're like, do you want, you know, are you happy your brother and sister are coming home? She's like, no, but she is, you know, because, you know, she'll say, you know, she likes it when she, when they're gone. So she can have the whole house to herself and do whatever she wants, but she misses them too deep inside. Yeah. She won't tell you that, but. Let me introduce Joshua then, um, because he, along with his uh, lovely wife, Lily, are the founders of CCAI, Chinese Children Adoption International. And Josh was born in 1962. He spent his first 24 years in China. Um, he was an English professor for two years before he came to the US uh, in 86 to study theology at Columbia International University in South Carolina. Joshua graduated from Denver Seminary with a philosophy of religions degree in 89. And then he went on to pursue a PhD in the religion of social changes. In 1992, in response to the human tragedy of infant girl abandonment in China, um, we know that at the time there was the one child policy in China. And so many um, infant girls were abandoned. Um, and Joshua and Lily saw this need and uh, founded Chinese. Children Adoption International, or we'll refer to them as CCAI um, uh, from here on out. As of this January, Cheryl, CCAI has placed over 13,000 orphans from seven countries with loving American adoptive families. Wow. And they're ranked, they're, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Uh, they're ranked number one, the number one agency uh, in the world for their overall services by the Chinese Central Authority. Now they have a charity arm, Chinese Children Charities, um, and that has raised and donated over 10 million to help with orphans' food, care, education, and medical needs. And they also have a, kind of a one of their kind, one of a kind uh, education center that Josh and Lily established in 1996, which is um, called the Joyous Chinese Cultural Center, and that offers uh, cultural education and emotional support to thousands and thousands of adoptive uh, Chinese children live in the US. Josh and Lily opened also the Park Adoption Community Center in uh, 2016 to provide post-adoption support to larger adoption communities. So in 2003, uh, Joshua was awarded the US Congressional Angel and Adoption Award. Um, and he's also received uh, numerous awards, including the four-way test award from the Rotary Club and the Colorado Parent of the year award. So um, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, um, what an honor. Uh, he's an author, he's a speaker, Joshua is a fundraiser, and he's also an adoptive dad of an older child with special needs himself, um, along with having two of his own uh, biological children. He's considered the authority um, in China adoption in the USA. Um, Joshua has been interviewed by ABC, NBC, CBS, 
the New York Times, the Associated Press, and more. And today, Cheryl, we have him here with us on Just Stories. It's a big deal for us to be hosting um, our, our esteemed guest, Joshua Jong. And uh, hello, Joshua, and welcome to Just Stories. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Cheryl. It's an honor to be here today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for all the children that you've helped and all the families that you've brought together. It's just so amazing. So amazing what, you know, someone can build and build and build and, and do and look back on your life and be like, wow, you know, you helped that many people. So thank you for your great work. Great work. Great. Blushing of God. <laughs> so good. Um, well, we're gonna, I'm going to jump in because there is something that we have noticed in our interviews here in Just Stories, and that's that a lot of times there's something that happened in your life. Um, sometimes for some people, it's been in childhood or the teen years or the early 20s that seems like has brought on this passion or this mission that people have gotten involved in. And I'm wondering um, if, if there was some event or something in your life that kind of brought you to want to just spend your life helping Chinese kids get adopted? That's a, that's a great question. And I, it will, will be a long story, but I want to start somewhere. Um, you know, I, as Mark uh, introduced at the very beginning that uh, uh, I came to this country in 1986 to study at the evangelical seminary called the Columbia Bible College. Uh, I was told later on that I was the first one since 1949 when the communist government took over China. Uh, I was the first one to be allowed to study at the evangelical seminary in America. So it was quite, a, quite amazing. I came to this country with $15 in my pocket and that's all I have. And uh, I remember that my mom made a little pocket in my underwear, so I hide the $15 there. <laughs> I didn't want to spend it because as an English professor in China, my salary every month was $6 a month, you know? So, um, wow. so really it was a very hard time. My language was not that good. I didn't have any friend. So one day on campus, this uh, wonderful, beautiful, tall guy, with a beard and the blue eye. And he walked to me and said, hey, you look like new, you know, what's your name? And first time someone seemed so genuine care about me, a foreign student on a wandering around on American campus. So I told him my story and he said, come to my home. So that evening at six, I went to his home, knock on his door and whole, whole bunch of children show up, four Caucasian girl and five Afro-American boys. So I said, wow, I thought this is a family dinner, right? Why are you invite the whole neighbor here? They said, no, 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 they are our children. I said, what? What do you mean by that? I don't understand. They said, we adopt these children. That's the first time I heard the word adoption. Because Chinese don't believe that you can love someone if the child has no blood connection with you. You know? So that would just blow me away. But anyway, for the next few months, I had a chance to just interact with all of them. And just my eye was opened. And they love their children. They treat children with no different from their biological children at all. It's just wonderful, wonderful love of God that's just demonstrated right in front of you. My heart just changed totally about adoption. But anyway, um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, I was working on my PhD at Denver University. I came across the Chinese newspaper. It carried the publication of first ever 
Chinese adoption law, which allowed international adoption. I was blown away because when I came to this country, my wife came to this country, we knew many, many children were abandoned as a result of the you know, uh, population control policy. And uh, we just, all we want to do something. I didn't know how to do it until we see this law. I ran home to show to my wife who was attorney from China. We look at each other. We pick up the phone right away. We call this couple, Dr. Layman and Elizabeth Layman, uh, Jack and Elizabeth Layman in Columbia Bible College, the one who adopted a whole bunch of children. I said, hey, Jack, you know, do you want to adopt a beautiful little cutie Chinese girl? <laughs> and he was so excited and he said, wow, what a great news, but he said, we're too old. I don't think we'll qualify. However, many people would love to build their family through international adoption, would love to help these children. I said, really, you are not the only loving one in America? They said, no, no, we're not. Which was, we started to quietly share with our friend at the, in the church, on campus and neighbor. Everybody's so excited. Everybody came forward saying, wow, I want to have a double girl. Oh, I want to have two girls. Oh, my church can have 200 girls. I said, wow, American are really crazy. <laughs> I think that's a crazy American. So, but anyway, before I did anything, I took a trip to China. We visited several orphanages. Once again, I was blown away. It was a human hell on earth. Mm. And um, so crowded and condition was so terrible. You can see the children dying in front of you. And I just... At that moment, I sensed God saying to me, Joshua, do something because these children are mine. These are children are mine. I think about this one time on the Sermon on the Mount, Christ rebuked his disciples, said, don't stop this little one. Let them come because the kingdom of God belongs to them. So I clearly sensed talking to me at that moment. So I came home determined to help the children together with my wife. We talked with many, many agencies and we're just not happy with, especially the fact that they charge lots of money when family want to adopt a child. We pray very hard and we talked with Dr. Lehman again, Jack Lehman, and he said, you know, Joshua, you might want to start your own agency. And I told him that was exactly what I had been praying for. So I went to the Colorado State Human Services, shared with them about our idea. They came to our basement of 200 square footage with one big table, one typewriter, and one file cabinet we bought from a garage for $4, garage sale from four, for $4. They say, we think you can operate no problem at all. So September 15, 1992, Chinese Children Adopt International was born from our basement. And one and a half year later, I took the first group of parents back to China. We picked up six beautiful, but very malnourished girls. We came back landed at the airport and we were welcomed by hundreds of hundreds of friends and relatives and newspaper and reporter. And then I saw my wife and my twin children, Art and Amy there, I run to them. I hugged them so hard, I started to cry like a baby. Because for the first time I realized that God using me to make a permanent difference in six girls' lives. And today as we're talking, more than 13 children's lives have been saved as a result of our ministry. So thank God. Wow. I think God put uh, Jack in your life for a really important reason there. Yeah, I believe so. And that's 13,000, over 13,000 that you have uh, overseen in the in these years now. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. That, and that is something. Uh, so those early days, you said that first uh, that first trip was six six adoptive families went. Um, tell us a little bit more about 
um, what life was like for you during that time and uh, or perhaps uh, these adoptive families as well. Do any stories seem to speak to you about what it was like those first couple of years at CCAI? It was, uh, there's so many stories. I remember that the, uh, uh, we came home with the first group and then immediately Denver Post had a publication, uh, China Doll. And uh, right after that, our phone line, what two line in our basement, start to ring off the hook for two weeks in a row. Oh my goodness. We couldn't get up and, and people just call and call. And uh, I remember our first information meeting, we had about two or 300 people. Oh. <laughs> I've been that way for many, several years. And uh, sometimes we had to use a church conference room for many hundred people. You know, we travel around the country to provide information meetings. So people are so fascinated by that. People are so loving about, you know, uh, you know, so loving. They're so concerned about the children situation. They just want to reach out to make a difference. So that love is just overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And we have people who have established family already. The children grew up, grew up already. You know, they can start a comfortable retirement life. They came in again, want to be parents again. And uh, it's just a pretty amazing response for a family. And that's really touching hard. Oh it sounds God. like it went. It sounds like it went from zero to sixty very quickly. It very, I, very quickly. There was a quickly. lot, a lot happening. Uh, I, yeah. I, I wonder if you and Lily even expected that there would be that sort of overwhelming response. No, you know, I, I my wife's kidding, saying, you know, because it was so difficult to adopt because the international procedure, the law, and the country, uh -huh. all these things. And China also tried to figure out what to do because it's new to them. They never done that in the past five thousand year history. You know, so. Every case was a big challenge and we just slept a couple hours a day, you know? And so Lily is one time saying, you know, when we reach 100, I'm going to quit. <laughs> I'm going to retire. 13,000 later. <laughs> uh, 13,000 later, she's still working hard day and night and uh, sleeping five hours a day only. And it just, it's a pretty amazing journey because I think you are truly being used by God to make a permanent difference in a child's life who otherwise will be lost forever. And so we're so happy to be part of it. If you come to our agency to visit on our agency wall, the big building, we on the wall, nothing else but children picture, hundreds and thousands of them, just endless. So every day I walk through there, it's very inspirational realizing every day we'll work here, a child life is changed. It's not a slogan anymore. It is the daily action and daily result. And that's a quite a marvelous thing. And I think Josh, um, it personally impacted you in many ways beyond just it being your job, your passion, your mission. It Can you share about how it personally impacted your family? Oh, it's a big deal, you know, because I became a type of parent myself. Uh, it's kind of a really fascinating story, you know. Uh, I want to tell you that very quickly. Uh, I think in a very cold morning in November uh, 1995, in a quiet morning in Beijing, uh, a baby crying wake up everybody. So the guard looking for the crying and they find out a baby girl was laying on the cold floor in a woman's room in a hospital. 
And by the side, there's a little note say, my daughter has a severe heart condition. We spent all the money and we cannot afford this anyone anymore. Please someone help. So the policeman picked her up and delivered to her, delivered her to Beijing orphanage. And she since then have been living there, you know, and she can die any time. But anyway, uh, her information was reported to the government. Government started to share her information with many adoption agencies for two years. Nobody picked her up because she's older. She had very hard, severe heart condition. That was the early year of an international adoption. So one day her file landed at our agency. And I remember one day I walked into the office of our child match manager and she looked at me and looked at the picture of the child and said, Joshua, don't you think she would be perfect fit in your family? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I just, uh, I no walk away, uh -huh. I walk away and, uh, and I just shared that with my two children, my wife, and they say, let's do it. <laughs> it just, it was just amazing. But anyway, made the long story short, a few months later, we went to China to pick her up. She joined us when she was about 10 years old with a very severe heart condition. We've done several sur surgery. But anyway, she grew up beautifully. i gone through those struggle of parenting, you know, with a teenager. And, uh, but now she is going to get married in September. So, <laughs> uh, so, so that experience changed my life once again, you know, because you understand the journey, the struggle, the emotion that every adopted parent going through with a adopted child so that you can provide way better service. You know, you understand who they are and you have more credibility, you know, and it just uh, make the world different. So, uh, so uh, it's pretty amazing. Josh, real quick, how old were your twins when you adopted her and she was 10? How old were they? Yeah, they were 16 already, you know, teenager. And uh, that's another challenge, you know, the teenager want to play with own friend. They have a baby girl, you know, coming here, you know, so there's quite a transitional period. So it, it's fun. Yeah, we learn a lot. Something. You've lived a full life and uh, you've done so much. And I think about, you know, I think about the work that you and Lily did early on. And I think about um, just the transition during, in the midst of all of that work, you were going through a personal adoption experience. It reminds me of uh, an old roommate of mine. We were uh, in college and doing Christian ministry together on a campus. And he said, Mark, man, if I had known how much work I was going to do as a Christian, I don't know if I would have come to faith or not. <laughs> he said, he said, um, boy, but you know, it's all, it's all so worth it. And I know that uh, your work is rooted in your faith in a lot of ways. And um, there's um, in the midst of all that you've done and the hours you mentioned, there were nights that you slept two hours a night. Right. Um, and, uh, but God calls us to, to sometimes to these great things and, uh, it's, it's well worth, I think you'd say it's well worth it. Am I right, Joshua? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we've been talking about adoption services and I know that, uh, over the years, you and Lily and your agency have expanded beyond that, uh, to include the Chinese, uh, charity branch of your services, which has done a number of different things. Can you tell us a little bit more about all the other things that uh, CCAI is doing for uh, for Chinese orphans. Absolutely, you know um, the first few years and when we you know we work day and night, you know to send family to China. But compared with the children, the population in the orphanage, it was just the number was just uncomparable, you know. Mm -hmm. And you see so many children still there, and what do you do? And so 
we decided to launch the formula fund because we want to make sure children survive. They will not die before we have family go there and reach out to them. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, kind of real, real running against the clock. So we started the infant formula fund in 1995. And since then have grown into a huge charity activity. Now we're running uh, Lily Orphan Care Center in China. We're providing training to the orphan, orphan leadership. We're establishing expanding foster care system. We're providing special education to very special needs handicapped children. So we have all these wonderful projects and we have gave, you know, many, many million, family had, you know, we have raised many, many million dollars to help the children. And that is very meaningful because for me, I believe that the adoption without reaching out to the children left behind would be meaningless, you know? Another thing is even just a couple of years after we do adoption, my wife noticed that all these children, none of them speak any Chinese anymore. <laughs> That's understandable, but it kind of uh, 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 pain us because they are children from China. Eventually they, they will talk about their root, their heritage, and uh, they need to confront the reality, you know? I, we think that the earlier we do to involve, to provide the cultural support, the better it is for the emotional health. So we started the Joyous Chinese Cultural Center in 1996, gonna be 25 years in September. Hundreds of hundreds of children came every weekend to learn the language, to learn the dancing, to learn the calligraphy, to learn how to make Chinese dumpling and uh, uh, all the paper cutting and together with other children. Because during the daytime in this child mode, maybe in this very wide neighborhood that herself, you know, and then the weekend they realize, oh my God, they're a majority, you know, they're all hope on the other children look like them and have the silly parent look like her parents, you know? So, <laughs> and it really kind of uh, makes them feel so good. And that kind of emotional support, cultural support, are very, very crucial. And then we'll further expand that into the park community center. We will provide more service to the adoptee. For example, we send the children back to China to do volunteer work. We'll provide heritage tour and uh, we'll provide a team conference and camp and discussion. It's all about supporting these children because I believe that the completion of a adoption or place, a placement is just the beginning of a responsibility. We want to support these children all their life. So there are lots of great things going on. And today, all the children you're adopting from China are children with special need. So that really requires actual courage, actual resource to adopt these children. And so we're kind of working with family and how to make that happen. So to make a difference to in those children like who have very little chance in, in China at all, you know. Uh, so there are lots of great things going on. It sounds like it. Uh, so many things beyond just uh, getting a kid from China, uh, supporting no. them through their lifetime. And that, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah. I, um, you know, it, it comes to mind, too. We're all on the tail end of this uh, pandemic, right? And uh, can you just speak a little bit about uh, what's happened in the past year and where things are at right now with adoptions from China? The pandemic has impacting us as well as everybody, including you and I, you know, and Cheryl, tremendously, right? And the thing just put on hold suddenly. We have many, many family. They have been matched with the children. They have the picture of the child, but they cannot go to China. You know, they have been waiting for one and a half year now. So it's lots of emotion. So we're providing help and we are just talking with family. We're offering Zoom meeting. I make personal phone call to family. I pray for them. So, so it's very, very emotional. Uh, but at the same time, 
we are still trying to carry out our charity work in China. Now we're working with many other countries, you know, so we're also working there. And also the post option support, we keep on doing that virtually, many ways possible. So it is a challenging year, but it really cannot stop us from doing what we really need to do. If I might ask, I'm thinking, I'm putting myself into the, the shoes of an adoptive parent that was waiting for um, their child. They have a picture and they're, they're unfortunately having to wait because of the pandemic. And they're wondering, how is my, my baby doing in the mm-hmm. orphanage in China? You know, mm-hmm. And this is, this is the child we're waiting for, but they're out of our hands. And they're in the hands of this orphanage. And we have no control over that. That must be really um, heart uh, tearing at their hearts. But is- I, I, I'm wondering, though, Joshua, if there's a difference now versus 25 years ago with mm-hmm. the support that you guys have provided to the Chinese orphanages, is the situation better now than it would have oh. been before the Lily Senders and all of the work that you've done in China um, yeah. with regard to the orphanages? That's a great question. You know, obviously, we don't want to take any credit, you know, for all the contribution we have. But China has changed dramatically, you know, since I came to this country in 1986. It is China a different country, very powerful economically, a powerful in many, many ways. You can tell from the recent information and news and the orphanage condition just re- improved dramatically. And it's beautiful and they're doing a lot of great work. And, you know, for example, for the family waiting, we're able to get an update from the orphanage not only is picture, video footage, and uh, some family even able to do video chat, and uh, they're able to send a gift to orphanage regularly. And so it's just, uh, um, you know, I'm just glad that we have played a small part in helping China child welfare moving forward. But I think that country has done a marvelous job. You had to give them credit. That's great. That's great. I keep thinking, Josh, your heart is so full and your, your life and passion is so busy, but you have so much goodness in your heart and all you've done. Uh, it just really touches my heart today as I talk to you. So again, th- thank you for you and your wife and gosh, all that you've accomplished. Um, it's, it's I'm wondering if amongst all of these 13,000 kids that you've um, adopted, if there's any, I don't know, special story of one or a <laughs> child beyond your own, of course, and Mark's and the ones you've shared, you know, that just stands out um, and you think about and can, you know, give a smile to? Yeah, I think there's 13,000 marvelous <laughs> stories. Let me tell you, every one of them, including Mark Dobson's story, you know, if you have time to listen to, to him in detail, it's just blowing away itself. So I just so lucky to be associated with those thousands of family and the 13,000 children. But one, one girl, uh, since you asked, came to my mind and many, many years ago, a little girl about five years old was abandoned at a train station. She born with a deformed hand and feet, you know, so she couldn't function as a regular people. She was adopted by a loving, wonderful family in New York and she fell in love with a volleyball and she was recruited by the, 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 the American Paralympic volleyball team and she represented USA in 2008 and went to China and compete with USA. And they entered the final game. They fight for the champion with Chinese team 
of course, you know, and they didn't win, but it was an incredible, incredible thing. And her story was just broadcast across China and people just marveled and uh, just incredible educational opportunity. People realized a child abandoned, you know, a handicapped child by us not coming back representing USA. And it is so loving and so wonderful. So that's one child's the education power can you imagine it's just huge. It changed many, many people's heart. So adoption is not only about the family, not only about the orphanage, it is really about the child, you know, really about the well-being of the child. It really about even about the education of the whole population. It's really about the relations between the two countries, you know, it's about the friendship, about many great things. So these children, they're angel of God, they're ambassador of Good, you know, good wish, you know what I'm saying? So they're just wonderful thing. So that's just one little story. I have many, many, many other stories I can tell for next several months, so. Mm. Think about it, Joshua, um, a, a kid that's born in the most desperate of situations and a life turned into um, the blessing that she had uh, and being able to compete. Um, so going from almost the most desperate of situations to the most wonderful of situations, and it's because of the work that you have done. And so yeah. uh, we're so, so uh, grateful to hear more about it uh, today. Uh, it'd be wonderful to sit and talk for hours um, mm -hmm. about it because uh, each story is, is, is amazing and it's life changing, really. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, all these children, you know, Almost, I don't want to say 100%, but at least 90, over 90% 90 of them have gone to college. Mm -hmm. If it's in China, that may be maybe 0.1%, you know, so if that's able to receive the higher education, man, it's just a pretty amazing, you know, they have an opportunity, they have a life, they have hope, they have a future. Mm -hmm. And so it's just wonderful. Well, keep up the great work. Here's the 13,000 more. <laughs> thank right, you right. thank you for being with us on just yeah. stories josh we really appreciate it yeah. it's my pleasure and that wraps up this episode of just stories we hope you've enjoyed this time and you'll join us again just stories is a partnership with our savers lutheran church and elca member church where all are welcome and we join in god's reconciling work which prioritizes disenfranchised vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend, and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.